Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Tim. It is great to have you with us today. The question we're answering today is, why bother with Jesus? Together, we've been going through a sermon series, a why sermon series. We're asking important questions. And behind all the questions we've been answering has been the person of Jesus Christ. In fact, it is Jesus Christ that is the root. He is the heart. He is the core of the Christian faith. And he is worth exploring, we say. But here's the thing, unless what he claimed to be is not true or historical, he can just be consigned to history as a good moral teacher. If what he offers us doesn't work, then he can just be consigned to history because he doesn't make any difference now. But we know that he is so much more than just a good moral teacher, and we know that he changes people's lives. So why bother with Jesus? Well, I'm going to answer that question today by considering those two things, what Jesus claims and what he offers. And we're considering the passage that has just been read. And it's the account of a conversation that Jesus has with a crowd of people. And we're going to look at that because the best way to consider the question, why bother with Jesus, is to see what Jesus actually said about himself. And as we go through it, we're going to see what Jesus offers and what he claims. So why bother with Jesus? Well, firstly, it's because of what he claims. What did Jesus claim? Well, firstly, Jesus claimed that he was sent from God. In verse 38, this is Jesus speaking. He said, For I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. That's a big claim. Jesus said, I've been sent from heaven with a mission. But he doesn't stop there. He also claims that he is related to God. In verse 27, he's talking about God the Father. You know, God the Father, that is sort of standard Abrahamic religion kind of stuff. But then Jesus becomes even more personal. Verse 32, he says that God the Father is my Father. He's saying we have the closest relationship and I know God because I am related to him, because I'm his son. And he says God the Father has sent me the Son. But Jesus claimed even more than that he was sent from heaven as the Son of God. He said that he is God. Jesus makes this profound statement. He says in verse 35, I am the bread of life. And it might not be obvious to us in the 21st century, but in using that phrase, I am, Jesus is using the name that God gave for himself in the Old Testament. God revealed himself to Moses with the name Yahweh, which means I am who I am. So God said, my name was I am. And here Jesus is saying, I am. I am the bread of life. It's one of seven statements recorded in the Gospel of John. And in the minds of the Jewish audience, it would have been clear Jesus is saying, I am God. So Jesus claimed to be sent from God, related to God, and actually was himself God. I wonder if you've ever had to share a hidden talent. When we have newcomers events at HCC, we often get people to introduce themselves, and one of the things we do is say, hey, what's your hidden talent? And it might sound awkward, but it's really fun, and it's great because people are just fascinating, all sorts of things come out. Well, imagine if we were together and as I was introducing myself, I said, hi, I'm Tim. And actually, I'm the son of God and I'm sent from heaven. You might smile or be polite at this point. You might just stare blankly. Some of you might start thinking, I always knew he was weird. Or you might drop all politeness and say, Tim, you're from Bournemouth. What on earth are you talking about? Well, guess what? That's exactly what the people said to Jesus. Verse 42, they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? 
This is the kind of detail that only a true story can have. They know Jesus and they know his parents and they know where he's from. So they cannot accept what he says. And we might think exactly the same. How can a Jewish man who worked as a carpenter, who had parents called Joseph and Mary, born 2,000 years ago, possibly be God? And how can he possibly make these claims? Because his life, it's too pedestrian, it's too normal. But a real man who lived and worked 2,000 years ago, making these claims is really significant. Why? Firstly, the basis of the Christian faith is historical. Why bother with Jesus? It's because it's true. The Bible is a reliable historical source and therefore we are talking about events that happened in human history. Think how specific it is. There was a man named Jesus and as our passage says, who was the son of Joseph and Mary who lived in Nazareth. And we might think of these kind of verses that we read today as a kind of nice story or maybe it's just a nice example. Maybe it's a myth, but we're talking about events that really happened. And this means the basis of our faith, the basis of the Christian faith, is not just private religious experience, but it's the actual historical person of Jesus Christ. And therefore, we do not need to simply take a blind leap of faith, but we can trust the facts that is based on good evidence in the Bible. Why bother with Jesus? Well, it's because faith in him is rational. Even believing in the resurrection, him coming back to life, is done on evidence. Jesus is worth investigating because we can do precisely that we can investigate his life faith in him is historical but also Jesus' claim to be God is personal God is a personal God we can know because in Jesus we see exactly what God is like and we see that he has come in search of us therefore we don't have to wonder what God is like we don't have to guess We can read about his life. We can marvel at his character and the things he did and the things he said. Now, of course, you might think that anyone who claims to be God is a nutter. You certainly might think that if I claimed it. But as you read about Jesus' life, you will not see that he was a nutter. You will find that he is a man of amazing character, who was perfectly sane, perfectly loving, compassionate, an amazing teacher. But he's not just a moral teacher. He's so much more. He was God and he makes God personal to us because in him we see exactly what God is like and God is wonderful. So why bother with Jesus? Well firstly it's because of what he claims and his claims make our faith historical and personal. But we must also consider what he offers because As we begin to answer that, then we begin to answer the question that basically says, "Okay, yes, you say Jesus is wonderful and I'm sure he is for you. Look at you. You're clearly into it. You're wearing an alpha jumper. You're obviously bought into this whole thing. But what Jesus, what difference does Jesus make to my life, you might say? Well, let me tell you, Jesus has everything to do with your life because of what Jesus offers you. You see, Jesus offers you life. He offers you life the kind of life you were made for and the kind of life that you are truly seeking. Verse 35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is another big claim. Now the modern version of this is that everybody needs to find their own bread, as in they need to find the thing that makes them happy. But Jesus said, the thing that makes you happy, the thing that satisfies is me, The thing that satisfies everyone should be me, because I am the bread of life. 
In Greek, there are two words for life. There's bios and zoe. Bios is obviously where we get the word biology, and it refers to physical life. But Jesus is using that second, zoe life. It means spiritual life. It means God's life. It means abundant, eternal life. And Jesus says, I offer you that kind of life in me. Jesus said, I offer you the kind of life where you will find true satisfaction, true fulfillment, true purpose, true hope, true meaning, true living. And Jesus says, when you receive my life, you will never want again. You will never be hungry or thirsty. The deepest desires of your heart and your life will be satisfied into eternity. So why bother with Jesus? It's because he offers you this kind of life. I wonder what you consider living a full life to be like. I know of a pastor who recently got to take his seven-year-old son on a plane for the first time. And this church leader got to take his son and his son was so excited when he realised that he could order a can of Coke any time he liked it. Any time he wanted. And the pastor says that his son got his first can of Coke. He cracked it open. He leaned back slightly in his chair. He took a big sip. And then he turned to his dad and said, this is living. This is living, said the son. Now, I wonder what would cause you to say this. What would you have to get or achieve to say this is living? Well, I wonder how many of us would resonate with what Joe Wicks said. Joe Wicks is, of course, known as the body coach. He's the man whose YouTube PE sessions have been recently watched by millions of people, especially over lockdown, myself included. Joe Wicks said this, he said, it's a nice calm feeling since I got married and had kids. I'm not chasing anything. I'm not rushing to get anywhere. I'm really content with what I've got. When you've got a nice house and you've got your kids and you've got your holiday, what more do you need? There isn't much more that'll make you happier than that. This is living, says Joe Wicks. When you've got a nice house and you've got your kids and you've got your holiday, what more do you need? Now, I'm not knocking Joe. Good for him. I'm glad he's happy. But I quote this because I think he nails what many of us would consider to be the pinnacle of modern life. It's about having stuff and a family, a house. It's about the good life. There isn't much more, says Joe, that will ever make you happier than that. But see, here's the thing. Jesus offers us more. And he says we're not to work for that kind of stuff. Verse 27, he says to the people with him, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. The context of this is that Jesus has just miraculously fed thousands of people with a single packed lunch from a little boy. If you remember the story, it's the feeding of the 5,000. And he calls them out to say, you're just here, you're just seeking me to get another free meal. But don't just seek earthly physical food, but seek eternal spiritual food. Now, he isn't saying don't work for real food to feed yourself or your family or others. When Jesus says don't work for food that spoils, he means don't make earthly achievements or possessions or people the thing that you value and treasure the most. Don't make those things the source of your satisfaction. And Jesus would mean exactly the sort of thing that Joe Wicks is talking about. You know, it's things like a nice house, a holiday, even your family. Why are we not to work for these things? It's because Jesus said these things will leave you hungry and thirsty. They won't fill or satisfy because they don't last. He says they will spoil. 
They will fade away. They don't last into eternity. Instead, Jesus said, I offer you the bread of life. I offer you me. And when you believe in me, I'm a kind of food that is eternal, that will never fade, that will never leave you wanting more. Now, does Jesus mean that all your wildest dreams will be met when you believe in him? No. Does this mean with Jesus that you will become a billionaire? No. Does this mean you'll be happy all the time, that you'll never worry about anything ever again? No. Jesus didn't come into the world to meet the desires you already had before you met him. He comes to change you so that your main desire is him. And when Jesus is your main desire, when here's the thing you're working for, by believing in him, everything else in your life will get put into perspective. Because what Jesus offers you is better than anything this world affords. Even a nice house, even a family, even a good holiday. Jesus said, I am the bread from heaven that gives life to the world. And that is an eternal life. Jesus says, with me, you will live forever. Why bother with Jesus? It's because he offers you eternal life. Jesus was clear. And the Bible is clear that all of us have sinned against God. And therefore, there are only two destinations for everybody who's ever lived, either eternal life or eternal death. And we all deserve to die for our sin. And we're separated on our own from God. And that will continue after this life without Jesus. But see, Jesus paid the price for our sin as he died upon a cross. And now, as we believe in him, he offers us the free gift of eternal life. Why bother with Jesus? It's because his offer means the end of striving, of trying to be perfect. You see, Jesus said the way to receive all that he offers, the way to work for the food that endures to eternal life, is to believe in him. Not to be a good person and not to strive for the best version of your life, but to believe in him. Verse 28, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Jesus said, the way to receive what I offer, this Zoe life, this abundant life, eternal life, is to believe in me. Jesus said, the way you achieve all of this, the way you work for this is by believing. And look what he promises when we believe in him. Verse 35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Just look at what he says in verse 37. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Verse 39 says this, And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. If you come to me, Jesus says, you will find a satisfaction, a contentment that this life cannot offer you. Jesus says, if you come to me, I will never drive you away. If you come to me, Jesus said, I will never lose you. If you come to me, death will not be the end of your life, but I will raise you up with me. What hope Jesus offers, what security, what a promise, what life in him. And this kind of life that Jesus offers begins now and it will change your life as it continues into eternity. Why bother with Jesus? Well, it's because not only do his amazing claims make a faith in God personal and historical and rational, but it's because he offers you abundant, eternal life. And this offer of abundant, eternal life begins now. You see, when you know you will live forever, your priorities totally change. 
And therefore your happiness, your contentment, your satisfaction doesn't just have to fluctuate with your life circumstances. See that good life that Joe Wicks wants, that he has, that's great. But things come and go, relationships change. In fact, for some of us, we don't even get all the things we're told to work for and achieve anyway. But the hope of eternal life can never be taken away from us. And the kind of life that Jesus offers us will never spoil and never perish and never fade. Only Jesus offers us the kind of life we were really made for. Only Jesus offers us the kind of life we are really seeking. Verse 35, then Jesus declared, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Believe in him. Now, we're going to pray together. But I just want to offer the chance for anyone who's listening today to give your life to Jesus Christ. To come to him and say, yeah, Jesus, I believe in you. I want to work for that food that endures to eternal life. I want to say sorry for all my sin and I want to believe in you today. Now, you want to just you might want to say this prayer maybe for the hundredth time or the thousandth time. Because Jesus says, I am the thing above everything else that is worth working for. I offer you life today. So let's pray. And if you want to say this prayer along with me, just say it either out loud or in your heart. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. Thank you that you offer me abundant, eternal life. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit and live with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to continue in our service now as we have a song of worship. <laughs>